right, welcome to another week of the Rogue Asians. Uh, sorry for being a little bit late because I had some technical difficulties with the Twitch stream. Um, I guess it's in good news because we hit affiliate status. I had to reset some things that I was not aware of. So sorry if anybody's here yet. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for showing up. As you always. all made this possible. <laughs> and we hit pretty quick, so I'm pretty happy with that. So there are some pretty cool emotes now in the chat that you can click on. We got the Thanos. And we have my favorite emote there. ever. Thought I had buck. Um, thought I had a cable too, but I must have missed that one. But we got a bunch of emotes now, so that's always cool. But let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, first of all, thanks everybody for stopping by and joining us on today's episode. And um, <clears throat> again, as Sam said, this is all. Um, well, I'm really bad with words tonight. Uh, <laughs> all thanks Pull to together. you, listeners. Um, I forgot my catchphrase that I put off on the last uh, last week's episode. What was it? I, mean, I remember now. I, sh- I should have wrote We're it We're the rogue agents and <laughs> you're the listener. Was, yeah, oh, yeah. Along those lines. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's, let's jump into it. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into announcements. Um, so in case you missed it, uh, AMG streamed the other day and on their paint and stream, they're painting Black, uh, Black Dwarf. Oh, my God. <laughs> Black Swan. Uh, the, yeah. And they actually mentioned that Black Order will be getting another leadership. So I'm sure Hyper Viper and Finger Guns are both super excited about that. Uh, I so cannot wait. Pretty I just awesome. want to see it. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm super excited to see it as well. Um, because things like this. Perfectly balanced. <laughs> as all things should uh, be. Are we, we really need to play with this um, jingle thing a little bit more and get some more soundboards in here. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty cool seeing uh, Black Order get some pretty cool things uh, coming on. Hopefully, we can see the cards next week. So, that'll be good. Um, yeah. So, they also talk, spoke on the card pack. Someone had asked him about why certain cards and all that. And there's been the spec. Uh, um, Shik actually mentioned that it would be, it's kind of more along the lines to go into the timeline scene that they had talked about in the core rules. So I just kind of want to talk about that real quick. What do you guys think about that? Like the timelines format, is this be good for the game, bad for the game? Are you excited for it? What do you think? Start with Sam. I'm excited for it. I'm always excited for new things and new ways to, to play and test around with stuff. But uh, I, I was initially super against the battle realms and then I got kind of hyped for it. And then it just kind of petered out and I lost interest. I played in, I played some battle realms games and I didn't even like complete the series of games that I played for that. <laughs> it's just like, oh, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, maybe not. I got tired of playing the same stuff, uh, which usually happens for me with limited formats where I, I'm initially super hype about it and then uh, something changes. But for me, I have enjoyed every aspect of MCP. And if it if it takes hold, I'll gladly play it. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Like wh- whatever it winds up being, uh, I'll do it. I'll enjoy it. And if it becomes kind of the, the standard, I think the, the concern for me in anything like this is... It's like we don't have a huge community, so whatever the standard kind of game winds up being, that's what most people want to play the most of, and everything else is kind of secondary to that. So I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to play with Brace and Patch Up. I'm kind of curious <laughs> if they uh, are restricted at all in a timeline format, right? Like if those are the only two restricted cards, does it even matter if they're restricted or not? But uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I want to see where it goes, and I have a lot of faith in these guys. They seem to care a lot about this game. And they're they're engaged and involved, so they they want to make a product they're proud of too. So I, I'm excited. What do you have, Viper? I honestly have a pretty small brain answer. Uh, I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I get 
timeline stuff like you have like the set symbols from magic or whatever so like they have all the little pictures on the corner of these cards and it's like oh like you can play the ones with the building or the spider-man symbol or the x-men um and as far as that goes i'm like all right cool so i can see there's like a premise for this but i like sam was saying the community and i'm not sure if this is true of everywhere but it's certainly true of where i play and where i play is actually like as far as i can tell pretty pretty doing okay at community wise um it's even like explain to new players like yeah there straight up is a ban list already in this game and like there is a restricted list like there are certain cards you can only have a couple of um that's already kind of a hurdle and i don't think like realistically that if they implement that being the standard of play like oh in this current time like you're only playing with these x uh, cards if someone comes in and they have a card that's not on the ban list or whatever i'm not gonna be like oh, i'm sorry you cannot play that card and you played like four times i don't like it's, I, I, it's gotta be there's no way it'll be the standard i think it'll be an alternate format which i'm totally fine with and having like some more restrictive play patterns will be cool yeah. um i'm just i'm not sure I, I i can't see a world where it becomes the standard they've said multiple times like hey we want people to be able to play the stuff they want to play even when modok was like running this game they were like we're not gonna ban modok modok's cool um yeah. they i don't think there's ever going to be a point in this game where they're like super restrictive in what you can take like the tactics cards are one thing um but like this would be tantamount to banning like a third of the core box tactics, right? So like that? Um, no, actually it's all the core box tactics are in that card pack. Except like for see, drop off. Seeing red isn't there, is it? It's like it, uh, it, it's only a, like a handful from the core. Yeah, it's a okay. handful from the core. It's a lot of what's been released since then. So I mean that's that does get really interesting. I, I don't completely understand the selection. So I'm really excited to hear what they have to say yeah. at Mini Stravaganza like, so, about it in the selection process. I guess, I guess my thoughts are like my biggest fear with it is like if it's like just card pack 2022, then like what happens with the new stuff that comes out? Um, that just be kind of like a little like fact in there that says, hey, new stuff that comes out is part of this, and it's like, well, really, what's the point of even doing this timelines format anyways at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I don't agree quite with getting rid of character specific cards or affiliation specific cards. Like I think timelines format should be limited only to the unaffiliated cards. Um, that's just my thoughts on it because it'd feel bad to be like, I'm playing venom, but I can't play lethal protector. Like, Mm -hmm. like that'd be a super feels bad. So I think if they do this, like I'm really, I'm the same. I'm really, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm really curious to see how they go about doing it. But I really hope that it excludes character and affiliated cards. Um, that's that's my biggest hope. Unaffiliated, I don't care. I think that'd be great. Um, and I guess like a comparison, almost in a way, would be when War Machine came out with the Masters program, right? Like when they first came out with that, it was, hey, here are five things that you can play with. These are your leaders. These are the five leaders for this rotation series. Um, and if that's kind of like the idea they're going with with this uh, timelines format, it almost is kind of interesting to think about that. Like, are tactics cards the most powerful part of this game? Mm. Maybe accidentally that's, to a large that, extent. But but <laughs> if you think about it, like if that's the thing that's being rotated, then you would think that from a dev perspective, that they're judging this as the most powerful part of the game because it's what's the, it's the thing that's being rotated. Because I think he said some of the lines of Crisis weren't being rotated. Um, and obviously characters would never get rotated because I'd feel bad to buy characters and not be able to play them. Um, mm-hmm, right, so right. if they're only rotating tactics cards, that is 
from my perspective, like, like they're saying this is the most powerful part and this is what needs to be controlled of what you can play with and win. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. I like a lot of the stuff that's been like this tactic the card just wins me the game has been um banned by this point, like hired muscle. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a really interesting take. But uh, honestly, like like I said, I'm I'm kind of small brain on this issue. I don't really know what they're going for. So the biggest thing for yep. me is I just want to like like Sam was saying, I want to hear administrative or whenever they end up doing it i want to be like yeah what what were y'all thinking like what was the idea here yeah i'm i'm super curious to see what happens which brings me to my next point and this is kind of an on the spot question unless you read the show notes <laughs> um uh what Who do you would dare about? do that <laughs> what Oops. do you what do you guys potentially think about um if we have time of course because i know we all like to do things and have lives and all that but potentially live streaming the stream <laughs> oh, I, I think it'd be kind of cool. yeah if we can pull it off yeah if i'm right. available i'd love to yeah if we can do it if we can yeah I'd love to. What time reaction, like what day reaction is. video <laughs> oh yeah. straight up let's get the youtube the the pog faces out right oh yeah i'm just gonna run around <laughs> <laughs> if only super giants card and black dwarf were being revealed at mini extravaganza then you'd actually do that <laughs> I, yeah yes. unfortunately we're gonna get regular reveals so i'll just see them and do that in the privacy of my own I, home like a regular person right I, missed I'm opportunity holding, i'm holding hope for apocalypse maybe the week before mini extravaganza we'll do a prediction episode and that's what we'll do for that. i man i really thought we were just going to get silhouettes like from like now until mini extravaganza yeah. so I, i'm kind of surprised by they were getting more than that just just silhouettes just oh like yeah, the silhouette you. shots when they started doing that it was like oh man i bet they just drip out like one of those a week until mini extravaganza and then like we get all that like all right this is you all we think are. we'll get i know we're kind of just hopping into speculation now but do you think we're going to see another asgard pack uh tease before mini extravaganza so it can release think, alongside heimdall and uh scourge i think yes <laughs> i don't know about before mini extravaganza but within the next like either between then and now oh sorry said then um or maybe shortly after maybe even during but they they gotta come out with jane foster um oh yeah i i think I think it's going to happen because I don't see Heimdall or Scourge being an Asgard leader. Um, who knows? Maybe I mean, we'll get Odin. She um, like shouldn't but, either, but I could see it happening. I think they're just because of the movie. Like, yeah, I, I agree. She'll be the second Thor leader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But no, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with it. And <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Uh, I'm really curious to see what Mini Stravaganza will bring. I'm holding hope for Apocalypse because I have been wanting him since X Men came out. I thought he'd be like the year mark for X Men. They come out with Apocalypse, but not not quite. <laughs> as much as I love Apocalypse, I think a big part of why he's not getting the respect he deserves in the modern era is because of that atrocious movie they made with him. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Do you like X Men Apocalypse? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I like Oscar Isaac, and that was it was disappointing. Well, of but, course, I love Oscar Isaac, but he's like, <laughs> it was, it you was know, sad. it was sad. Like it was, I, I don't. So I love most movies, just like as a general rule. I got that from my dad. I don't know if it's like a blessing or a curse, but like I'll walk into almost any movie and I'll walk out and be like, that was enjoyable. Now, like three to six weeks after that, I'll develop a much stronger opinion, like one way or another. That you know, I, I start ripping things apart in my head. But that was a movie that like I I fell asleep. And that's like the the, the <laughs> death knell for a movie mm-hmm. for me. It's like if it puts me to sleep the first time I watch it, I'm never gonna have a real positive opinion. But it's yeah. been out long enough now 
that when I look back at it, I almost look back at it fondly. So I'm going to have to rewatch it because it's in it's in a weird headspace for me now. I might do that tonight. I, I'm going to hop nice. on a plane at like midnight, so I need to stay awake. Maybe I'll watch some Apocalypse and try and not remember that uh, Psylocke gets like one line. I just... Okay, but since we're on it anyways, and we just have to ramble, and it's great. Like, um, the one thing that I hate about that whole entire series is who they got to play Charles Xavier. That's like my biggest gripe with that whole. Oh, you, you series. don't mean Patrick Stewart? Because we were about to have words. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that one's fine. I'm talking about the one for First Class and the Apocalypse yeah, movie. I get you. I I don't like. I don't. It's not that I don't like that actor. I just don't think he was right for Charles Xavier. I agree. I really he's a good don't. actor, but yeah, he's not good for Charles. Yeah, that's that's my two cents there. I think I thought Age of Apocalypse was fine though. It's not a terrible movie. I, I like him. He's fine. He's yeah. too young, in my opinion, to be. be yeah, Charles, that's but, that's like, that's my biggest thing is he's just too young. He doesn't fit the role. He's not like like because like when I think of like Charles Xavier, even like when they show like the stuff of him younger, like he was like mature for his age at always. Like he was always that yeah. like like I'm super knowledgeable, that. wise person. They kept in the the part of his powers that makes him bald, and I thought that was extremely funny. Because <laughs> that's the uh, thing in the comics is like he's such a yeah. powerful brain that he his hair falls out. It's like right. oh, they actually kept that in. So he's doing the like drugs that take away his powers. He has hair again. I thought that was very timely. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just unfortunately X Men's ruined because um, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are the best possible characters for those roles, and they're yeah. too old to want to do it anymore. So yeah, see Daisy. Did it too well in the early 2000s, and now Marvel became like the biggest property on the planet. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. yeah, which segued so well into the Logan movie, but we should probably get back to uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> MCP. Um, <laughs> one last one last new thing is today the Twitter announcement was that Black Order affiliation box. I think I'm gonna so say my cool. thoughts first. I think it's awesome. I really hope they do this with everything because one, it's it reduces the barrier to entry where people complain about yeah. price because it's such a great point price value. Like people who like maybe even mess up their paint jobs probably would go buy that box again just to make a better paint job because it's so cost effective. Um, yeah. It's really like that's like the biggest thing for it. It's going to reduce skew bloat for stores, which stores are going to want to actually, again, support the product more. And then people getting into the game is just huge. And I really hope that they continue this with every single affiliation. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no much to say about that. <laughs> small, every small affiliation should get one of these boxes ASAP because that I think every affiliation, I think every affiliation should get it. Just like I don't know how you Avengers. do it for Avengers, though. <laughs> Avengers uh, have three, <laughs> or they just have one like hundred dollar box. I saw someone saying that. I, I don't think it's a bad idea though. Like, if you just no, do I don't either, like. I, don't, I wouldn't even say the whole affiliation. I would just say like the popular characters. Maybe even if you just do like an MCU lineup, like you just do a theme box. Like, right? Disney Plus Core. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Defenders. The, yeah. the Netflix Defenders get a box. That would actually sell. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Hobby review from last week's episode. Uh, we all failed, from my knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't we, been home since our last episode, so that's my excuse. Yeah, my whole family got I'd, sick. <laughs> I uh been doing stuff for the TTS league. Ooh. <laughs> um oh well, to be honest, like I guess full transparency here, we've been having a lot of discussions and prep and trying to make sure that we're not rushing the gun too far and we're not jumping right into it. We almost are, we're gonna say that we're gonna start a league literally like a week. Like yeah, I saw that and then it was like a hundred to one people being like, No, <laughs> not this yeah. month, please. Um, so we, we dropped that. Um I guess for anybody looking for information on the league, we're looking at 
probably after mini extravaganza because we want to see this is well, nothing's confirmed yet so that might be before but i think we're leaning more towards after mini extravaganza just because if they do come out with timelines we might be running that format i don't really know um yeah. just so everybody's aware and knows transparency but yeah i've been just doing a lot of work between setting up uh, survey forms and ensuring that stuff is getting better and just doing stuff for the house cleaning around i have had no time to paint and i've been playing games and been in a big rut with my game lately so (laughs) makes me want to play more makes me want to play more because (laughs) i'm just like i start losing i'm like i gotta get a win i gotta get a win it's been it's been hard yeah that's it that was one of my original magic buddies and i like that's what we would just do we'd get on streaks against each other and we just wind up playing like all day or all night and just (laughs) until like you know we just figure something out or give up (laughs) well it's like i got home from i got home from work today and um my wife had a friend over and i was like i'm gonna go upstairs and get the painting done that i'm supposed to get done by the end of the day and uh listen, like, I'm paint it real quick <laughs> and then uh i get on and next thing i know i'm playing a game with deluca and <laughs> 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 oh as i get died downstairs she's like oh you're playing a game i thought you were gonna paint i'm like yeah i thought i was too <laughs> Uh, I, say I fall into that trap because I just never paint. I just feel like, oh, I want to do something <laughs> crisis related. And then I hit TTS. I'm like, oh, wait, oops, I got a game. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's two hours of my life. Right. Yeah. Um, so moving on to challenge of the week. Um, I would say I like finger guns list probably the most out of everything. Oh, um, but yes. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. No, don't list, keep it incestuous. So. We can talk about so, my list if you want to, but give 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 <laughs> give the not a prize to somebody else. <laughs> so uh, uh, I liked laugh one three eight eight's list. Um, one, it's fastball, special focused, and he's running Maw Space Maw in X Force. I already kind of like thought of it, and it has me kind of exploring that space as well, as well as Craven and Sabretooth. Um, I've actually been trying Craven in X Force, and I'm kind of liking it, and I kind of want to continue that route of testing things out but i'm gonna be trying on next a little more but i really kind of like this list it was really fun um i played keep up the work barn cat it's working i was about to say honestly (laughs) shout outs to that dude (laughs) actually just like committed to the bit so hard Uh, space we need to get a a space ball uh emoji next (laughs) for barn cat yeah all right where are we at for time i don't want to get started into the main topic and all of a sudden have to stop <laughs> now we're 20 minutes uh, in let's do it let's okay just cut it now yeah. and come back you just want to cut it now and go back yeah i think so okay all right quick intermission as always because we're experts at this oh we're doing the um, zoom thing yeah we're gonna yeah. do the zoom thing let's switch over okay all right so uh today's main topic we're gonna as you can tell from the title, uh, it's called uh, What a Crisis, because we will be talking crises today. And the biggest things we want to hit on is going to be strengths and weaknesses of the crises and what affiliations come to mind when discussing them. Um, and I think we can just go ahead and start with Secures, because I think that's probably a lot of times. I still think Secures kind of make up your game and make up like your decision points. I, I still think that pretty heavily, even though Extracts will determine some things and some extracts overpower secures mm-hmm. i think for the most point secures really shape what your squad ends up looking like because mm-hmm. that's where people are going to be like if it's a e i'm going to take a bunch of heavy hitting killers and if it's like a d i want mobile people um stuff like that so 
I guess we can go ahead and start off with pay to flips versus securing. What are your thoughts when it comes to pay to flips versus securing? I love pay to flips. <laughs> <laughs> I got addicted to them. Uh, I got, so I played black order at Nashcon last year and I got knocked out on spider portals and it was, it was humbling. I want to say, cause <laughs> like I, I, I knew that I had no game on spider portals with the roster that I was playing. And yeah. at the same time, I, as a player, literally had nothing in my toolkit to mitigate it. And so when, when things didn't go my way in that game, like starting with priority, going into spider portals, and then like with uh, some actual dice in the game, I, I didn't get dice or anything like that, but I just had some rolls that I needed to go one way and they did not. And, and that was that. I was, I like took it upon myself to be like, okay, I'm going to figure these things out. And I played... I want to say like eight months of <laughs> welcome back. I played like eight months of pay to flips almost exclusively yeah. uh, so far as what I was putting in my own rosters. And uh, so I would say the, the, the real benefit of uh, a pay to flip is you do not have to stand around and wait to die. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's, that's that. I think that pay to flips play really well into the, the, the tall and elite teams and they also play really well into the runaway teams because if all they're going to do is run away with that force or with those few key pieces, you have so much opportunity to just like flip those secures and start collapsing on whatever they have left. Well, not only that, but if you like, you got your pay to flips and if you're paying to flip and then you just run away, your mm-hmm. opponent has the choice of either I go and flip these or I chase you down to get the extracts back. So it really yeah. comes down to a lot of decision points that you're creating for your opponent. Oh yeah. Um, and, and grabbing things from underneath their defending yeah. models. It's like, it's, you know, when you're playing on a, a standard secure, they've got one body, you bring a body over, you deny the point, the pay to flip, you can bring that body over and you might either score that point from out underneath them or like you're, you're just going to stand there together. And and that's that. And now they're still getting a point and you're not uh, like I guess one last thing about pay to flips that just like, I have to get off my head or it's going to bother me is I think that they keep the pace of the game going a lot better than the the standard secure lines because somebody always scores them. There's no, there's no contested tie. Like you're getting it or I'm getting it period. And like, or you messed up your first turn flip and you're not getting it that game. Yeah. That also true. Which I feel like happens to me all the time, but I do love pay to flips. (laughs) My, uh, my season seven (laughs) list, I was playing Avengers and it was like every pay to flip in the game. Yeah. So it was like, hmm, I can pretty much do this better than anybody. Like uh, Web Warriors, like you were saying, or I guess more generically, as runaway teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't really do that. Unless they have a gigantic lead, and at that point, the game's already over. Uh, tall teams, again, like you were saying, they have less chances. It's uh, less good. So it's like, it opens up a really, a play pattern that I'm glad exists in this game. Mm-hmm. And it's different. It's not like, I know Deadly Meteors is core box, but that one's kind of, you know, like sword base is very similar. Right. Um, but the the all or nothing ones I don't love. I have a tough time not putting mutant madmen in every list, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I, was having a discussion. I was having a discussion with someone about the other day, and that's like pretty much everybody plays mutant madmen these days. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the fear of yeah. coming across CS, and people think that CS really aren't that great at mutant madmen, which I think they're fine at it. It's not like this, yeah, it's not towing into their strengths of kingpin leadership but i think especially with daredevil i think i think cs right. is perfectly fine with mutant madman these days yeah um, it's the first one i dropped i'm I, i'm like i'm i don't run when i 
throw my beta flips now. It's the one that I don't bring. <laughs> I, I I'm leaning more towards not bringing it. Um, but, it's kind of like hammers at this point. Like yeah. it's like nobody really has a true advantage on it. I disagree. I think uh, Avengers nail it. <laughs> Avengers sure. and Fury probably, but like uh, even like Black Panther, Iron Man, and Luke Cage all in affiliation. It's pretty hard to lose Mad Men if you're playing a, a solid lineup of Avengers. But it's also just like would... it's the comfiest secure. Um, yeah. Like it's like Infinity Formula, where it's just like the way you guys talked about hammers. That's how I feel about a family formula. Like everyone's pretty good at it, and then CS ruined it for me. Like they ruin everything. <laughs> but um, it's comfy. Like. No one's in super amount of danger really quickly. It's a B. Like everyone's kind of spread out. Uh, you don't like if you roll a skull, it doesn't just like ruin your day. Right. It's just it's comfy. That's fair. Uh, so if we're gonna break this down, then like if you said pay to flip versus secures, do you want to give some examples of teams that really want to play pay to flips or secures, or is it really more generic and anybody can play pay to flips and be fine on them? Uh, I like CS Kingpin led is probably the only team that you could straight up say this team wants to play non-pay to flips i don't think webs like it either i guess true because they don't like the power spend um, yeah but i think for the most part most teams really don't mind the pay to flips and like i, I typically like to run like two pay to flips and one non-pay to flip um is what i do for most teams that end up making like I'm perfectly comfortable spread. with that. Yeah, the two to one ratio is fine. Uh, I don't. So I think that the uh, Asgard and X Men have an yeah. interesting interaction with them, with between first class for X Men and then the extra power, and then kind of just the, the stat lines that are available in those affiliations. I don't think that it's really an advantage. Uh, so it, it's an advantage earlier, but not so much later. I think with Asgard, you've got a bunch of expensive pieces that you, you kind of yeah. have to run to get that advantage. So you're, you're like seeding ground as you're trying to make it up in a different direction. And then first class only works on the first turn. So, I mean, it's, it's not like you're really advantaged on those. I think that it's just, a it, it lets you play a different game than the, the stand around and, and die. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think um, a lot of folks I've been seeing play X Men recently are just like taking first class way less than me. At least because when I play X Men, I'm not super experienced with X Men. Mm-hmm. I take it almost every game just because I'm like, ooh, power generation, good. Help yeah. me go fast. Um, but turn one stuff is honestly like, I know turn one stuff is like the turn one play. That phrase is like kind of generic for just you know OP stuff you can do super early. It doesn't right. win you the game. It's honestly not that good. I think that's why we see less and less like Angel and Amazing Spider-Man because their their ability to just move up, take stuff, and move back is not always worth five points. It's not always enough to help you like just coast out of victory. I could agree with that. It's you gotta have a good start. And then if you were to have like that turn one play that gives you that head start, then you gotta have that longevity as well to actually like benefit from that good start. Otherwise, you play something like Black Order where I'm going to start from behind and I'm just going to catch up and I'm going to get ahead of you because you're playing the turtle. Like it's like the turtle versus the hare. Like, do you want to start fast and then you burn out really quickly or do you want to slowly just keep going? Um, I think it's hard to find that middle ground. I think that's actually kind of, I never really thought about this way until just now, but like comparing like these affiliations and like turtle versus hare, like which ones are doing what like black, black order is definitely like the turtle in my opinion like they have that consistency they keep going and they do the same thing and then eventually they just end up winning because the game went long enough and the other team got yeah. tired out 
um, versus something like, oh, Web Warriors or X-Men. Uh, they want it to be a fast game so that way they can like do their benefit at the super early turn, yep. get the benefit going for them. Same thing with Shield. I found this with Shield a lot is they get the they benefit super out, early sure. and then they, yep. So, and then it's, I think it's kind of interesting to look at it in that aspect of like what affiliations are the turtle with yeah. the hair and then what really kind of falls in the middle. Um, I think Asgard has an interesting place there. Avengers, I think Avengers yeah. is far more of a turtle than I think they get credit for. I don't know. Depends on which Avengers. Sure. Like, uh, um, I when I was my season seven list was pure Avengers, but I had setups for different things. Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted to do the score out super quickly thing, my core was like Steve, Black Cat, and Hulk. Um, I would mm-hmm. just throw people off of points, advance dirty power to cat, and steal everything. Blah blah blah. Play Doctor Voodoo. Right. Um, and that was like my controlly score out of the game, and that would also that would peter out. Like if I tried to play that in the black order, I'd probably lose because I just run out of bodies. And then I had Sam for uh, grindy games, where Sam is fantastic at that. So my question then, like I know we're going compl- not really off topic, but kind of at the same time. But um, <laughs> do you think tall or wide correlates to turtle or hair? We're like talking about this in that aspect, or do you think that that's completely irrelevant? Um, I wouldn't say it's completely irrelevant, but, and this is just like me thinking about it for three seconds. Yeah. But, uh, I think, I don't think it's super indicative. Like you can, like guardians are very much, um, a turtle in this analogy as well. Right. And they go pretty wide, but they're also going to try and kill you. Yeah. Um, and then like Asgard, even though they, I feel like those characters at, at the core of like the, what those characters are supposed to be quote unquote, are um a hair like they just kind of come back or there's like a a good staying power but in unfortunately realistically they end up being more of a turtle or of a hair or they're trying to like just control you out of the game if that makes sense and they're pretty tall that's fair i think asgard wants to be five wide for the most part for for whatever that's worth yeah i could see that i I think that uh, the leadership gives them more staying power than the average hair (laughs) <laughs> but uh, they definitely want to get an early lead and then just kind of milk it. Like my, my favorite games with Asgard were the ones where, you know, you're, you're scoring out by the end of three or four, because that's just how hard you came in. You just want to, you know, shock and awe with your God status. And then the, the leadership's just kind of like, all right, well, if it, if it goes long, I've got this to fall back on. Yeah. Hmm, completely fair. Uh, do you guys want to hit on all or nothing secures? <laughs> That's like sword and uh, deadly meteors, right? Yeah, yeah. I think those are the only two, aren't they? They're pretty rough. Um, I see. I know like a handful of folks who are diehard sword fans, and I'm just kind of like, all right, cool. Um, I don't love it anymore. It used to be like the skill check at 14 was big, and it was like a very competitive thing you could do. Yeah, just be like, oh, if you can't do this, I just win. Yeah. Um, but now it's just kind of okay. I think the crisis is like. I'm not going to say poorly designed, but just it's very snowbally. Like if one person gets a lead, it can very easily snowball into a win because they just keep pushing you and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I, I'm i going to interrupt real quick because I had a tinfoil hat today and I completely forgot to talk about this during announcements. So, <laughs> uh, and I just, I'm going to forget again if I don't hit it right now. So I might as well hit it right now. I'm going to derail the conversation. It's all about crises, but uh, derail at the same time. So I have a theory that the reason why there aren't crisis cards in the card pack for 2022 is they're reworking the crisis cards and that's the big announcement for mini extravaganza that's 
my expectation because wow. if you think about it they designed all these crisis cards back in the day and it would only make sense to like rework them kind of to be what the game is now because there are some crises that you could huh. tell like like the difference between core set crises and nowadays crises and i i would think that if you look at across like a lot of the platforms that people talk about the game one of the one of the bigger things that i see that's complained about is like the crises either we need more crises or the crises need to be reworked a lot of people complain about herbs i wish we still had panic because panic oh, same team really, like i love panic so much i don't think it needs fix to be panic. as egregious yeah yes. fix it but bring it back i love that b-shape extract yes but my tinfoil hat is they're going to be releasing a crisis card pack that has updates to the crises that's my honestly give me some of that tinfoil throw a med pack in there so people can finally <laughs> stop complaining about that like give like med pack and field dressing and then all the new crisis cards and just be like this is the pack you buy if you're going to tournaments and i'm sold yeah or you know they make a crisis that the extract is the med pack oh <laughs> i'd be crazy i would Anyways, love tin- crazy. to play a crisis where i can go pick something up with thanos and heal for three thank you <laughs> I, I think it'd be limited to heal to one but you know i'm not a game developer by any means but that's my tinfoil hat is i think they might be reworking the crises and that's why they're not included with the card pack itself yes. i would love for that to be true yeah that'd be great i I'm i think hoping. crises are the only thing like when i saw that there were no crises in the uh the card pack i was kind of i was kind of saddened by that because that's yeah. that's been like the hardest sell for me for new players is like hey yeah you can Enjoy playing at 17. <laughs> well, it's like it, it, it doesn't make sense for them to release a card pack that has everything. It has everything except for the crises. And that's yeah. what kind of got me thinking about that is like, it only makes sense that there's going to be a crises pack. And it would only make sense that they either add some more crises or they might have reworked some of them. Because I really hope they bring panic back. And the only way to do that is to rework it. And I yeah. really hope they slightly change herbs because it is like the only thing that people look to break. Like all the other crises, people just play. But herbs, people are just have this heart for breaking it and like trying to like figure out what is the most jank I could do to make yeah. round one herbs. Um, and if that's something that people are doing with a crisis, something needs to change with it. <laughs> jank or but, blank. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is though. So that's and that, that's just my thoughts on it. Like tinfoil hat, we'll, we'll take it off now, but tinfoil hat idea is hopefully a crisis rework and a crisis pack because they need to they it, it just it helps new players it really does and it helps me because i would be awesome to be right about this <laughs> you heard it here uh, first folks uh, and i'll be wrong i'll be majorly wrong <laughs> <laughs> at least you tried right at least i tried yeah <laughs> um so yeah all or nothing secures though getting back on track um i think they're fine if they are I guess more fair. I think meteors is way more fair than sword is. Um, and if sword was flip flopped to where the loser got to do the push, then I think sword would be perfectly fine. But the fact that sword is you win all the points and you get the the push, it makes sword super egregious. And the fact that it's fourteen threat, fourteen threats a an interesting thing in my opinion. I I'm not gonna say neither here. Like oh, I, com- I completely threat. agree. Um, I'll, I'll I- kind of point you guys on sword, but go ahead, go ahead. I think everything you said pretty much is true. Um, Meteors like actively punishes you for trying to flip the points because you can take yeah. damage. And then sword right. is like, oh, if you flip the points, you win. But yeah, go ahead. I want to hear this counterpoint. Yeah, this so I'm good. not a huge fan of uh, 
so level the playing field, right? So if anything is wrong mm-hmm. about sword, it's the push period, right? Yeah. It, that's just too strong. Giving that to the loser uh, is almost like, hmm, do I want to not score three points to push that model? I think that the push is too strong. I don't think that giving it to the loser fixes sword. I think it maybe makes it more interesting, but I certainly don't enjoy it more. Uh, and my point about sword, uh, there's two things, right? Because I think the push is the most important part. When I play sword, I want to play the push. I'm not playing the points. I'm playing for the push, uh, or I'm playing to defend against getting pushed. And I'm, yeah. I think that sword is a hardcore attrition, uh, crisis. And so I think that with these, with these all or nothing secures, especially the three zeros, like deadly meteors and sword, you've got three turns to solve the game. And then you've got three turns to get ahead on points. So the first three turns on, on sword or even deadly meteors to a much lesser extent are about positioning and, you know, trying, I'm, I'm never going to like not try unless, you know, I need that power for something else later, but coming in, you want to get the, the actions and action economy that you need. So I don't think the deadly meteor or sword are your traditional pay to flip crisis and in, in that aspect, right? So most pay to flip crisis, in my opinion, you are giving up attacks for the most part to go in and flip these things to score points. With Deadly Meteors and Sword, I think that you have to get those attacks. You need to get that attrition advantage. Uh, having an advantage early on these things can definitely snowball 100%. Yeah. But if you can get an attrition advantage over those first three turns, you have three turns to recover so long as you haven't lost track of the extract. So that's my counterpoint on Sword. I don't like it. I used to like it more. Now that you can't force 14, I think that it's um, it's still just sword. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, since you can't force 14 anymore, I think it makes it more playable. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, but not more enjoyable. <laughs> I think if I if I don't, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that route. I'm all, <laughs> we'll just, sure. Let's, um, let's move on. To be a total like. You know, I play in the TTS league kind of guy. Uh, not being able to force sword just make. I'm, I'm, I would. I have promised to never say garbage and never say bad on this, but it makes it a lot less competitively attractive. It does. It's, it's just like, yeah, you can have your setup for fourteen and your sword, or like you can have your crazy setup for Wakanda and Herb at fifteen. Uh, the odds of you playing that at that level are slim to none. Yeah, right. You got to run it on both sides. I think if you're going to run sword, you got to run senator too. Like if you want a fourteen threat team. That you're like, ah, oh, this is my 14th red team. You got to run both of those. And exactly. I love Senators. Senators rules. A completely different thing. I agree. I love Senators. <laughs> it's the hottest potato. <laughs> I had to paint my uh, I had to paint my acrylic tokens because I realized the color was different. So I painted the top of them black and now it actually works. There you go. All right. Um, so I have a question for you guys on this one to wrap up secures. So does the shape of the secure, I've heard, I've heard this a lot. I've actually heard this in quite a few different places, not just one. So does the shape of the secure, um, does the amount of models you take to that shape actually matter? I think the biggest thing I've seen is on a B shape, you need at least five characters. Do you think this is true? Or do you think that this is like a group thing going on and you could still play with four and be fine? Um, speaking as someone who regularly plays Black Order at 17 on Infinity Formula, it's fine. You just need to think about it differently. 
I think I think this yeah. is the wrong people for me to ask about this. <laughs> uh, I, I have a more nuanced answer for what it's worth. Uh, I yeah. think that there are layers to crisis protocol, which is one of the things that I just love about it. Like Ubers are like onions, like like for real stuff. <laughs> because like there is a level of this game where like you come in and you're like, holy crap, like that's a lot of space. I need more bodies for this. And then the next layer of thought is like, oh, he's got a lot of little bodies on this. I need to bring a team that's going to keep priority for me and let me conquer one side. And then yep. there's another layer beyond that. Like, I, I don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but there's been so many layers to my crisis protocol experience where one approach gets countered by a different approach, gets countered by a different approach. So I think that, yeah, there are probably people out there who like, just swear by you got to have five bodies on a B shape or else you lose. And I think that there's other people who are like, no, I'm absolutely fine with three bodies. I'm going to conquer one side and I'm going to push over and we're going to figure this out. Yeah. I think that's probably like the best way to look at it is it's also like an ever-changing meta, which I think is one of the coolest things about this game is yeah. a lot of people say that the amount of releases is too much sometimes, but the coolest no. thing about the amount of releases is the fact that the meta is constantly changing every single month with every single release. So it's like when you look at the game state, like it could be one thing right now, but in three weeks, it's going to be completely different because of two characters. Like, and that's just how it is. Like, it's insane. I love it. It's ever changing and ever growing. And I hope mm-hmm. they keep up the pace and don't stop. The slow um, burn of that evolution is wonderful too. Cause like you look at right. Voodoo, when he came out, everyone's like, oh, this character is cool. It's a lot of text under possession. Um, and then <laughs> about six months later, everyone's like, this character. Oh man, I keep on even move my mic after I eat pasta. Um, everyone's like, this character is the most broken thing. Please nerf right now, Daddy AMG. Um, and this character was out in the wild chilling for a fat minute. I remember yeah. when I was making my list for I think it was either season six or season five when we had Enchantress and um, Medusa in their pre-nerf states. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure which one of these two I should take because I think they're about equal in power. Right. And then we all realized, oh, Enchantress is like the best control piece in the game and Medusa is the best murder piece. And I didn't realize that those were different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The slow burn kills me. I love it. Yeah. How long has Thanos been out? <laughs> yeah. Well, it took almost a year for people to actually say Thanos is OP. People like, thought his, Black his Order release. was trash for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that was when I came in. I came into that. I was like, Same here. oh, man. I, I've always so underdog faction and I get to play Thanos. Let's do this. Wait. I was so <laughs> bad at playing Thanos when he first came out that it stopped me. Like I, I was like, okay, I need my training wheels. So I started playing wide and just like learning how to play the game. Yeah. It was the same experience when I started playing brotherhood. I was like, oh, Magneto is really fun, but I'm losing. Cause I have no idea what I'm doing besides just move forward, attack, throw thing. Yeah. Um, so I had like, and now that I've stepped back and like gotten better playing other kinds of teams and like learning more, like, oh, I have more actions. I have more time to figure out what the heck I'm supposed to do in this game. Now I'm like, oh yeah, that, that cool purple guy. I like him. He's my friend. <laughs> fair. fair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, let's go ahead and talk about single extracts. What are you guys' thoughts on those? Do you think that they are as broken in the game as commonly perceived because you see a lot of chat let's speaking of voodoo um and let's say black cat even do you think single extracts are that game warping or do you think it's just like um little boy cried wolf i i think that this is an entire like episodes worth of, of meta conversation <laughs> i think that, yeah. that for a large to a large extent metas are self-fulfilling prophecies so if Everybody says, and, and they did. So like coming into this last TTS season, right? There was so much chatter about 
oh my god you can't play f extracts anymore because of this new priority rule and who gets to choose what and how it's going to work with points and how we get to handle this and that so we can't play f extracts anymore so we what's the answer right because we don't want to see any advantage in the first turn let's play these these random c-shape hot potatoes and so these single extracts well okay what excels at that somebody that can take it away from you right so like once this like semi-impossible thing to get found gets found what do you need somebody to take that away you need to daze them you need to steal it make them drop it whatever it takes right okay oh my gosh now what's the problem voodoo and black cat oh so we all yeah. complain about voodoo and black cat right so then something else starts like well how do you beat voodoo and black cat well, oh you bring these you run multi-extract <laughs> well, so that's, that's the funny thing though this is why this is this is actually right like i I love this topic because, and then you said we could do a whole entire episode on this. We can, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, like you have this whole issue of where people are like, oh, "I'm so tired of Voodoo and Black Hat. I'm going to run a bunch of multi extracts." Okay, well, welcome to Grunts of Fury and just yeah. multi extracts. Like it's, I I think what it really comes down to, and I'm this is just a general, I guess, mindset when it comes to when I look at extracts and secures is just play what's good for your team. Like, don't try to counter yeah. the meta because you're going to create a new meta by countering the meta. And it's just going to, like, there's there's so much groupthink in this game between TTS or your local scene that if right. everybody is saying, I'm, we should only play this because it's going to make this go away, that's not the case. You're going to just create a new boogeyman. You're just going to create the next big problem. Like, Black Hat and Voodoo wouldn't be so, like, egregious or, like, this, like, big, scary thing if people didn't just say hey everybody's playing single extracts um but next i guarantee next tts season everybody's gonna be playing multi-extracts and then fury is going to be the menace like that's yep. that's what it's going to be yep 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 um and like it's not even like black hat and voodoo are bad at multi-extracts i didn't have yeah. a single single extract in my list for season seven and i was running both voodoo and black cat to great success um sure. but yeah single extracts my biggest issue with them is the way they're obtained um sam and i were both talking about our love for senators because assuming you know no chicaneries happens no one likes mark their tokens which is just a lame thing to do um don't do that yeah <laughs> don't be just that like guy. doing Come on. the shell game that's the best way to do it having it just be on a crit sucks yeah because what'll happen and i saw this happen in multiple games during my run is like in season seven i mean is um someone will find it on the absolute like the wrong side of the board quote unquote and they just win the game um mm -hmm. so like Someone just moving up and getting that 20% roll to find the scroll or the whatever, turn one. Um, this may be a controversial opinion, but that's not fun. <laughs> that sucks. Okay, so I, I, <laughs> I, have, I have an idea for you guys. What if... Uh, I, I hate doing this, but this is, I, it just spawned in my head, and I'm just like, this is actually kind of an oh, interesting thought. Uh -oh. um, what if it was... Not necessarily the multi-extracts, but like different, like let's say we make the single extracts a shell game. Cause I think that's fine and dandy. Uh it's completely random, like it's not dice related. It's just like it's more luck of the draw, not really RNG based, just who finds it. Um, and it's more realistic in real life because like it's like not really a skill check to who finds it. It's just like who got lucky to find it. I think that's kind of more fun. But where I think you could do the role to find it would be something like capture the flag or herbs. Um I think that would be kind of cool is you have to roll to find the herb and then get it back because if that, that probably actually fix herbs to be completely honest. Um, hmm. Cause you can't guarantee, you can't guarantee getting it round one. Um, 
just a quick thought. I was like, maybe capturing the flag would be kind of cool because you got to like take the flag out of it and you got to do a skill check for that. Like pushing rubble a lot to the side to see if you're finding the right thing. That like that's not that's not a skill check. That's luck. <laughs> um, so if you want to be like a thematic thinking about it, I think it should be like, what are you doing for this objective piece? Like in your head cannon, um, and like relate it to that. So if, like the Cree core. Like that's not a skill check. That's like, oh, I got lucky and found the the Cree core, uh, the squirrel. Um, that's not a skill check. I guess that would that one could be a skill check because you're trying to see if it's like, see if you were kind of just passing the buck though. Like we're saying, oh, I don't like this here. Let's put it somewhere else and see if it changes things. I'd rather just not have a mechanic in the game <laughs> where you have to roll and try and get points because it's not doesn't make it any more no, lucky. No, if it's somewhere like it. else. I like it. Oh, so I, I like rolling dice. I, I like the random chance for it. I like that it's a takes all the skill out of the game because it is a razor's edge, right? So the first time, yeah. like, do I want to go up and check this? Like, I don't even know if I want to check it. Is this just like, am I trying to get the core or the or, or the scroll? Now, don't get me wrong. I prefer the senator. I like the senator, yeah. but we don't need three senators at 14, 17, and 20 points, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm completely okay with the scroll and the alien ship being a, a random find. I have lost so many games to that random character the worst possible character picking that thing up at the most inopportune time in the round i've gotten knocked out of cuts i've lost tournaments i have lost <laughs> like like so many games to it but i enjoy that razor's edge feel to it because if my opponent is savvy enough to save their venom for the the second to last activation and that's the first time that they check for the core like good job man like and then yeah. you got lucky enough like Oh God, it hurts my soul and it burns me to the core, <laughs> but that's this game. I've had just as many games that, that swing on like, like this was a huge spike or a huge defense or a, a huge flop uh, of dice at some point in the game. And in my opinion, it doesn't take skill out of it. It changes the skill set from being uh, I'm going to, you know, play these odds. I'm going to position my models to take advantage of this, you know, positioning of your models. And it basically puts the game on this dynamic tilt where you don't know until you know. And I, I know that that's like a, a dumb Yogi Berra-ism, but like that's that's the kind of thing that is like one of the draws for me to this game. So I've played a lot of, of core and a lot of scrolls. And I'll tell you what, I have sworn off of them for like six months at a time. Just be like, nope, I'm not going to bring that crap. I don't want to deal with it. If you bring it, then I'm going to do my best. But uh, that's that's my take. So I, I understand the perspective that they're lame and they're broke or they're this or they're that. Uh, I, I, I definitely don't think that they should be in every roster and that everyone should just be like bringing those and playing them or, you know, like jamming those all the time. I think that we really need to spice that up as a community and be like, you know what? Maybe this is, you know, it's, it's one thing or another. And you know, you can win a whole tournament just by, you know, throwing those things out there and seeing where it goes. You can also lose out on the day after having a really great, like perfect run. And then it winds up on Toad or Venom <laughs> or somebody else that you just can't deal with that day. So I hope, I wish they were more punishing because I'll say that much uh, yes. to, uh, to finish this I, thought. Because yeah. like, that's why Senators, in my opinion, is the best Same. one. Because if you're holding that Senator, you have this huge debuff on you. Hot as uh, potato. Yeah, being a slow mover or taking one damage if you don't attack, um, and like only having one move or whatever, yeah. that's like annoying. 
Um, but like, well, that's, not not that we did mitigate. Not, not only that, but like, how many times you've been playing a game at Creecore and the person forgets, or even yourself forgets that it's only one move. Uh, uh, that's the, yeah. That's it. same thing with Senator, though, right? Like, I think uh, it didn't matter. Uh, yeah. Desert, we played a game and one of yeah. the one day tournaments that we did, and one of us forgot on one turn. Like, it didn't matter in the end. Like, it, yeah. it just was what it was. But like, you're like, oh, oh, crap. That's that's a short. Move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops, oh, Jason. Guess I moved um, twice. <laughs> real quick. I, I play spiders all the time, and I forget to roll for spiders all the time. Oh, all the how time. do you do that? That one's easy. That one's easy. You get get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just a bad cheater. I'm sorry. Right. That's okay. that's that. I like spiders because it's one of those things. Or, sorry, spider portals. Uh, not spider infected. Not spider portals for for anybody <laughs> paying attention. <laughs> that's one of those things where I like that because it does make you like interface with your opponent during a phase yeah. of the game versus this where you're like in the heat of the moment and you you gotta. You just got to remember, right? Or taking that damage from the core, which can get uncomfortable, you know, as as, as minor inconveniences can be. Sometimes it can be game deciding. But. Absolutely. Um, so we need to do another intermission real quick. So because uh, <laughs> we did the first one so quick. All right. We'll be right back. I think we'll probably just do an episode on single extracts to hit that one a little bit more. Um, so no real advice on it other than just, just play what you want. Um, let's talk about Researcher now. Um, I think Researcher kind of stands in its own little category because it is the only extract that acts this way. It is. It's actually a secure. Way. It's just a secure. Yeah. yeah. That's going to come um, out of your card pack, Desert. Is this going to be, be a blue card instead? I know, right? Like, whoopsie. We made a mistake, boys. <laughs> it's, it's, literally, it's literally pushing the cart. I, I love it, though. I love, I love the concept of it, and I think it's a great yeah. scenario um man it's so easily abused um yeah, i like it too but, it's just another thing that uh criminal syndicate stole from me yeah but i i don't really think it should be looked at that way though because like you can like i've been off of like the challenge of the week i was running wolverine and colossus a lot this past week and i was running cable wolverine colossus 23 at 16 researcher and oh my god it made me fall in love Murder with patrol like i I was loving the Wolverines card. Every single game I played, it fizzled out at the end because it was one of those teams where it was like, like it was definitely a, a hair. Like it was like super fast beginning, pop Wolverines. I just dazed the whole entire enemy team. Things are going great. And then all of a sudden I'm just, I lost. Uh, it's like, yeah. It's like, it's like what happened? Um, but uh, research is interesting because I think it's something that, that people definitely need to like make a plan to play. Like, look at your 16 researcher because if you can play researcher at 16, you should be able to play it at any threat value. Um, I think that's what you need to look at when it comes down to it. And I also only think you should be playing researcher in your list if you have a solid plan to either score researcher round one or be able round to score one. it. Oh, you, okay. I see what you mean. Not like getting it to the yeah. end, but like just scoring it. Oh, yeah. Just, just yeah. get it moving. Yeah. Score score research around one or be able to score it round two and three. And like know that for a fact you're going to be getting it either one or two and three. Like as long as you get it one, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the game. Um, unless your opponent gets it two and three. So you need either one and three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, words. Um, I feel like I feel like for researcher, you either need it three times. Like, yeah. Like you gotta get it three times, or 
get it once in the middle of your opponent. You can't let your opponent get two times in a row. If you get two times in a row, yeah. then that person's more than likely winning. The game. Uh, it's like turnover advantage in, in sports ball, right? So you need a plus three on researcher, right? So they can't score it. You, you have to score it three more times than they do, basically, yeah. right? Because you got to score it twice. And then when, once you start scoring it that third time, it's probably your game. I think the biggest thing with researcher is as long as your opponent doesn't score it two turns like consecutively, mm-hmm. then it's fine. Then it's a f- completely fine scenario because it's just back and forth. But that moment that you know, like somebody scores it two times consecutively, as long as it's not like you almost had it all the way, then they score it two times consecutively. Then it doesn't matter at that yeah. point. It's too late in the game. But the first three rounds of researcher can really decide that game, and it's insane how impactful oh, it can yeah. be. Now, the other thing to think about is if you're playing on something like a B or a D, like I think it, like people say researcher is the priority at that point. But if you run wide on a B, you can easily just outscore the researcher before it even matters. Um, yeah. Because if your opponent goes all in on a researcher, you're just like, okay, we'll screw the researcher. I'm going to score all four points that are secures. Like then now you're actually beating the researcher and then you have a chance to go in there and steal the researcher back. Um, so that's you have to get all four though. About. I'm pretty sure you that if you yeah. if you're only getting three, they're gonna they're gonna outpace you by the end game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just something I, to think uh, about. I know I said it, CS stole it from me, but I also was playing it in my Avengers list to great success. <laughs> um, oh, yes. My setup was I would play the heroes for hire, Iron Man, uh, Sam, and yep. Vision, and yeah. so I just take the middle and have Sam run in circles scoring one other thing. And I could usually win those games. Sam, I think Sam is the best at researcher personally. I think Sam Avengers is the best team on researcher. Uh, CS, CS might get ahead early and CS can definitely win it uh, against non-Sam teams. They can win it against Sam teams if somebody makes a mistake or dice go crazy. But uh, I think Sam's the best at it. I can say. Yeah. I, I think that researcher is a primary. Uh, I, I consider researcher and gamma to basically be primary objectives, right? So like, it's like, if that's on the table, that becomes the thing that even if it's not the thing that you have to score every time, it is the thing that is going to dictate the game. Uh, Like when we first brought up uh, talking about secures and how uh, the importance of secures, right? So like extracts might like actually determine the winner of the game, but in my opinion, secures kind of lay out the battlefield that you're playing on. And that can be huge, right, for team construction and, and other aspects. So when it comes to both Gamma and Researcher, they're both E's. So you're, you know, you're, you're going right at each other. There's not a whole lot of other options uh, because they're, they're so important to either score or mitigate the scoring on that it's, it's such an important, like, focus. It's the focal point of the game. And uh, with, with the Researcher, uh, maybe even more so than gamma. Like I, I would rather tie the researcher in a lot of cases, which really bothers me because I prefer to to have my games go to sixteen rather than to turn six. And I think that uh, the best played games on research station and gamma to that extent go to round six, not to sixteen. So that's the dance of uh, those central yeah. E's. Is mm-hmm. for sure super entertaining. It's a huge, it's like, and I'm not saying the rest of this game isn't like this because it's part of why I love this game in general, but the head game that you and your opponent have to go through, where it's like, if this goes right for me, I can win right now on Gamma. Right. Right. Like where you, where you can go from eight to 16 in a single round. 
it's so much fun to try and set up. It's like a, it becomes like, oh, I have to stop this. This is over immediately. So like you said, if both players are doing that and it gets to round six, you probably just had the most intense game of your week. Right. <laughs> Nobody's alive. You got like an, an injured, an injured Ant-Man staring <laughs> like some random character on their side. And you're just like, like, why is it Wong and Ant-Man in Endgame? Like, what do we even do here? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Let's research. Uh, yeah, researcher. It's fun though. It, it's really like, it is. It I, is. I love. I love researcher. Um, I just wish it wasn't as egregious. Like it's just it's just certain teams and certain like like the players yeah. make it egregious. It's like at it, it's on paper it's case, great. Yeah. yeah, we're the problem. Um, <laughs> we are the problem. We make this yeah. game not fun for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what about FJP extracts? Let's hit that real quick. So, like the multi five extracts, is there what are some things that people need to consider with this? If you lose priority and you're running double F extracts, you will play on your extracts. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I mean, also, I think it's like I very rarely see, and this will probably change when Fury becomes like if people really yeah. like figure yeah, yeah, yeah. out Fury, but if you win priority, you're probably freaking secures. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of cases these days. It's weird. And that, that's another point, right? So we talked about layers earlier. Like that, that is, that's something that oscillates back and forth. Like it, it's, whew, whew. we were picking extracts for a long time and now we're picking secures again. Yeah. Uh, what about the multi extracts that aren't F shape? <laughs> what's what's the things? Montessi. What do we got? Montessi. Montessi. Hammers. Uh, oh, virus. yeah. Hammers. Virus. Oh, yeah. Virus exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really like, legacy is such a dumb crisis. It just shouldn't be in the game. I love it. I mean, <laughs> but I won't I've, bring it unless I've got a plan. And yeah, like, I've also I've I've played Legacy like three times, and it always ends with me scoring Legacy. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna play again. That was like 15 minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, I think like my problem with Legacy, and to a certain extent with Panic, is is the explanation that it takes when you're playing someone who isn't aware of all the interactions on it. Yeah, and like it's one thing to be like at the start of a game to be like, hey, do you know how this works? Yup. All right, cool. Let's play. And then, like, all of a sudden, in the middle of turn, whatever, you're like, okay, well, that was fun. Good game. Yeah, I think and, the biggest issue with stuff like that is like just like the mid round score out. Like, that's, yeah, that's where stuff like has an issue. If it's like goes to the end of the round and scores out, and that's when you can cash stuff in, I think that feels a lot better for a lot of people because it's still, ha- you still have an opportunity to stop it when it's just like, all right, I just scored eight and now I'm at 20 and I just won. And there's nothing that you can do about it. That's, I guess that's almost a def almost a definition of an NPE because it's like it's something that you can't do anything about at that point. Okay, so I mean, side note, does that fix panic and virus if you just like push the the extra scoring to the cleanup phase? So that I mean, that way you've got you've got to hold on to it until then. You got to have the power at that point. I think there's some caveats there, but for sure, like if you had to have yeah. six power and then choose to evacuate, or if you had to have all three and like no one's touched you at the end of the round, um, that yeah. fixes a lot of the problems for me for sure. All right. I, I like to talk almost, about shoots, yeah. but like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. Um, and the Inhumans rush was mentioned in the chat. I commentated that game. That was such a cool game to watch. Oh, but yeah. All right. I, yeah. That, uh, that roster. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's here's a question I got for you guys. Um, what should you be looking for when you pick? these what did i write here oh my god 
<laughs> it made sense on the road. All right. Is um, it good for you? Is it bad for somebody else? Like, are you are you best at it? Like, I guess that's more like the next question that kind of ties into that better. It wraps it up better, I guess. All right. Um, so recognizing when a crisis is better for your opponent than you and how to overcome this. So like, I think that's like one of the biggest things to come to the conclusion of is you brought these extracts, brought these secures, like where, for whatever reason, and then you like realize, like, like that's one of the key things that you can do in the game, especially at turn zero is be like, my opponent's roster should beat me at this crisis setup and what you need to do to overcome this. I think it comes back to something that we talked about in one of the earlier episodes of constantly evaluating your game state and thinking about like a key point in your head, <laughs> uh, thinking about like three steps ahead and trying to think about what you can do to overcome your opponent's advantage that they have on this scenario. So that's just my thoughts on that. Do you guys have anything to add? Um, I think you basically touched on it. It's just, and also what Sam said just super briefly is just like, are, are you the best at this? Are you yeah. close to the best at this? You're good. Go for it. I think that this is more competitive versus casual mindset than almost anything else that, that you can talk about. This is thinking about the game in your free time, in your spare time, in your pregame, in your turn zero, in your setup, in your deployment. Like, okay. <laughs> All right, Mike, here's your real shout out. So uh, <laughs> my boy, Mike, who made the Inhumans Hummet in the, in the chat here, <laughs> he played Inhumans for like a month and a half. And he had to explain to a fairly new X-Force player at our LVOIS, like how he just won the game. <laughs> so I was no. TOing this event and <laughs> I felt so bad for both of them. <laughs> and he felt pretty crummy about it too. I think he's sworn off Inhumans since then. But uh basically this guy was playing x-force and and he's he's got good competent players around him and he's learning the game and he's picking it up really quick but he didn't see it coming he had no idea what this squad across the table from him was going to do and he notices it like halfway through turn two which is nowhere near enough time to solve the problem by mid turn three and he he's able to like shift everything over and he's he's moving his guys and, and doing this stuff and it just isn't enough and then the game is over and, and that's just that. So I, I say that this is a competitive and, and casual divide here, because if all I'm doing is like bringing my models and trying to play some crisis protocol, I am not going to notice like, oh, power gem Ronin. Oh, eyes on the prize. What's that do? That's neat. What that <laughs> like, oh, Sam Wilson. Okay, cool. I don't have that one. That's rad. Nifty. I don't really play Avengers. I like Nifty. Nifty. <laughs> <laughs> like, You'll see right. the lollipop right <laughs> yeah. now, dude. Like, okay. And, and, and now, oh, wow. Like this is a whole nother level of game. And at that point, I feel like there, there's a certain level of player that's just like flips the table, throws their cards, whatever you want to call it and walks away from this game forever. And there's another level of player that's like, Ooh, mm -hmm. I got to pay attention to that. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look for this kind of stuff. And, you know, I think researcher is the same kind of gear check where if you've never played on researcher and you're like, oh, I just pick the thing up and I walk away. Whoa. What do you mean? I got to like stand with it and guide it to a position. Like this is a different game. So casual competitive, a casual player is going to have a lot of fun playing this game until they get gotcha. Anything that feels like a gotcha. And this game has done really good at, at keeping gotchas like off the table, but yeah. at the same time, they're there. 
uh, like the, the, the pre-activation field dressing is a huge one. Yep. I've had a couple of bad experiences <laughs> yeah. with that one. Not like I've, I've done it to folks. I'm like, Oh, you, I didn't know you could do that. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I did not know that that was not information you had access to. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, uh, this is, this is the kind of, of analysis that a competitive player does and a casual player does not. And so, and it's not a, it's not a knock on casual play for this game. It's just recognizing kind of, you may be casual competitive is not even the right terminology. Like, it's just like, (laughs) show me on the doll where crisis protocol has hurt you. You know, like how many times (laughs) has this happened? Like, how did it happen to you? What did you notice? What did you pick up? And I think that recognizing when you're better than someone at something is different than like wholeheartedly preventing a gotcha, like some kind of janky juggernaut or fury herbs play or an inhumans score on, on virus. So I, I I think that, you know, sorry for all the ramble here, but basically (laughs) uh, analyzing the game, talking about the game to your, your friends, opponents, peers, and people who are way better or way worse than you at this game is, is a great opportunity to bring everybody up to a level where we can all make the same kind of analysis, whether we're competitives or, or casuals or, you know, however you want to describe it. And that's my points. Uh, yeah, that's a good, probably closing statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, honestly, like, that's, that's pretty good. I think, for me, a closing statement for crises in general would just be like, don't fall into the group think. Like, play yeah. what you think is good for your team. Practice it. Play it. Like, don't think like, oh, I have to play all Fs because every single podcast is saying that I should be playing multi-extracts. Or every single content creator is saying this. Or the whole entire meta is shifting to this. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, Guys, I we're guess just players my biggest too. thing is don't... Yeah. <laughs> Like don't don't fall into that group thing. Just play what you want to play. And if you think that your team is good at this, then just practice it and practice it and practice it. And if you want to like be that competitive player, practice it, understand what teams could be better at you and then how you beat them on it. Um, so understand your crises and why you're bringing them and find your advantages on the crises. Don't don't fall into the group think. Like I want to just... pounce on that. Like don't listen to anyone. Honestly. Yeah. Not like, even us. <laughs> what like literally, yes. Like podcasters are all just people who play this game and have enough mm-hmm. time to think about it maybe a little bit more than you do if you like have never played something but like someone on so-and-so podcast said this is what you should be playing with x team uh please play it before you decide that we're correct yeah oh, there's an episode of the danger room where they get into some amazing strategy and tactics on like how to handle a b or a d scenario and that advice is spot on and i literally watched a game where a guy deployed all of that advice and got demolished because he deployed <laughs> that advice <laughs> i remember that episode. That was a good one yeah, no information is total right like right. yeah you gotta analyze and annihilate well, right like i mean that, there that, we that go. also that also comes back to like what our i think it was our first episode where it's talked about like the unknown variables of the game like just because i've had this experience of the game this is my thought process doesn't mean it's the same experience that you're gonna have so right yeah like that's, that's like one of the biggest things yeah yeah it's so play what you want practice it and get good with what you want to play it doesn't matter whether it's x force or <laughs> or uh or whatever something it is else play. yeah it's yeah. a weird like other just, team or in humans like <laughs> play play i guess like, that's probably like my biggest takeaway from this episode of the main topic of crises is don't fall to group think like play what you want to play if you're looking for advice of like what to play then 
then like talk like discords are great for this like be like hey i have this roster um what what do you guys think of this and then listen to, like people's advice and then try it out if you don't think it's working for you like don't think it's you think it's something's just wrong with their list like yeah nobody's uh, nobody's like a terrible player so i mean you mentioned this earlier about about people complaining about crisis this is like almost related to what you said <laughs> one of the uh i've heard the same complaint that you mentioned about people being like oh, there's not enough crises in the game right we yeah. need more 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 variety in our crises but like i think that we need more variety as players in our crisis selection like just be yes. ruthless with that stuff like hey like I, I lost the game on this like see you later let's throw something else in there this week and just see what happens mm-hmm. and I, i'm a huge fan of targeted practice like let's play a specific setup like you want to try this you want to try x and y like let's try x and y you want to try a and b let's try a and b like let's let's do you know whatever it is uh that's all just uh be ruthless with your crisis selection in your own rosters like don't give up on your selection of characters so much as you just like swap out some crises and try something different next week yeah facts all right <laughs> uh let's move on uh sam you have the sales pitch of the week oh man well, i am perfect sales pitch mood now so my sales pitch <laughs> this week is about deadpool so uh, why should you put Deadpool on the table? He has a very particular set of skills. The first of which is he's recognizable because he's freaking Deadpool, man. Like people walk up to a game. And you're like, what is that? Oh, it's Deadpool, right? Maybe you don't love the model. Uh, or maybe you do exactly because of that. You know, like I also love Deadpool because he is incredibly hobby friendly he's got so many build options just built into the model you can like just do a deadpool search on like reddit or any discord or the facebook group and you can find like people taking my little pony and this and that and other things like he's a three threat model that has like debatably very little impact on the board but he's deadpool man so like you do cool things with deadpool and you're happy to put him on the table because he's deadpool he also comes with lots of extra body parts because he's so poseable, which means you've got other cool things to do for your lockjaw or your juggernaut or so many other models to just be ripping him in half and enjoying every second of it. <sighs> he brings so many tacos to the table. You can put him with all those extra beer bottles you've got from all of the, uh, the different sprues. Then on top of that, he comes with free terrain. You can say he's expensive, but he comes with a taco truck. <sighs> it's, not, it's not free, but I do love that taco truck. <laughs> I also love Bob and Bob. (laughs) This is your pitch. I'm being quiet. Hey, no, no, no. See, I feel like I've already won. I've already sold you on this. I I I already have them. I I love Deadpool and Bob. They're so fun. So on the table, he brings some incredible power management to your team, which is a, a really interesting ability that not a lot of characters bring to the table right you've got loki who's got some other stuff you know that's gonna tax your opponents and uh you know root uh, a few conditions right that a few models can bring but deadpool literally just like looks at a model and makes them lose power that's an incredible ability he has low healthy side health he's only got four health on his healthy side which like maybe that's a liability sure but he's deadpool but also it it means that they're not going to gain more than four power when they do something terrible to him you're not just going to get one shot and just like bloat them with power he's got access to exceptional healing because of healing factor so that's like they only get one power right now they've got to attack deadpool twice deadpool and his whopping four health has to get attacked twice to get dazed if you've got power for exceptional then on top of that, he's got absolutely no hangups, right? So like he just like sucks power off of your opponent's people with that extra power, right? So he's just like doubling down on power management. He's got a healing factor of two. So if he's not dead, he's probably healthy. And if you run him away from the battle, he's probably going to heal up really quick. 
if you're having trouble with getting pushed or advanced off of points, he's literally immune to that. Like he's fine. Don't worry about it. If they got a superpower that's going to move them off a point, it's not going to happen. Now, if it's a physical or an energy attack with a push, okay, like we got like other things to talk about there, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those nasty mystic attacks. He's got four mystic defense and he's not getting pushed or advanced by that attack. Like take that Ebony Maw, Space Maw, eat it, right? <laughs> I got a Deadpool for you. <laughs> Omega Red, suck it. We're not worried about it. Enchantress, you don't impress me much. Now, on top of that, He's got a healthy side spender that's going to drop not one, but two conditions, bleed and slow. It's going to take you longer to get where you're going. And it's almost like a stagger at that point, right? Because like you're either going to shake one and take a damage, or you're going to have to like double stagger, shake both. Oh man, that's good stuff. He's got rerolls. Who doesn't love rerolls? And to top it all off, everybody loves Avengers and guess who's affiliated? Ooh, okay. <laughs> that's it. You want to buy Deadpool? Uh -huh. Put him on the table, put him on the table. He's a choice. He's like Punisher. <laughs> you're going to make a choice if you're putting him on the table. But he's got a lot of tools, and yeah. uh, his model's actually, you know, really, really fun to play with. So I'll, I'll, I'll add this is back when um, Sword was super popular, Gear Tech, and Enchantress was not once per turn. Yeah. Um, I love Deadpool. I would play Deadpool more than Domino back in those days because he actually won me games on Sword. Um, yeah. Because he's cheap and he can't be moved. Um, I love Deadpool though. I, I keep trying to find reasons to put him back in X Force, but he's like always my eleventh slot. It's sad. He's not in your X Force um, list. Not <laughs> Sadness in your voice was palpable. I love he's, it. He's the first character. <laughs> it's Cable and Deadpool. I mean, comics. Yeah. And the characters with a range four attack. He's one of them. Yeah. Bane's great. I, I will say this: if anybody's looking to play yeah. Deadpool, run Cable Zemo Deadpool. I call it. I call it Fortress. Yeah. Uh, I call it Fortress Deadpool. There you go. Um, <laughs> because Deadpool just won't die because you have five defense because of cable shield, Zemo reroll, Deadpool reroll. Like he, he just survives. Um, and it's super annoying for your opponent because you're like, this guy should die right now because it's only four health. Um, and he just lives. I will also say Deadpool is just amazing on his backside. I love his backside. But anyways, always let's, let's healthy. I forgot that. Sorry, he's yeah, always uh, healthy when it for what it counts. Healthy. And what that means is that he can be healthy contesting that point and get a plus four die Thanos death decree. <laughs> yeah. This is completely accurate. I also, I want to take this moment to to clear something up about his spender maximum effort, I think it's called. Yeah, uh, He damages himself. So he always Correct. gets an extra power from that attack. Right. So he's always getting at least one back. It also means that if you have five damage on him, you can't use it because you'll kill yourself, which is pretty Deadpool. Unless but, that's um, what you want to do. Yeah, unless that's what you want to do. <laughs> but you can, uh, you can like walk up, spender move on to a point with the wild trigger and like daze two people and then heal the full. That's great. And then you'll have like two power after, or like three power after all of that. He's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. I love, I love this spender. It's one of my favorites. Like it's, it's, it's just, Both it's so deceptive. Like his maximum effort spender though. Like it's super deceptive because your opponent's like, how did like three of my characters just die? Like what just yeah. happened? Um, and it's um, a reposition. I, God, it makes me want to play him again. I, I keep trying to find him room for him, but. Yeah, whatever all right um hobby corner um sam do you want to talk about our new thing we're gonna be set all right so we're gonna set up an, an accountability <laughs> club uh accountability club right here's the idea guys uh so we all failed in our hobby goals so here's the first shame list right so like shame finger guns shame dizzard shame hyper viper none of us succeeded this week here's the idea behind accountability club every month 
first of all, you got to sign up for accountability club. All right. <laughs> Second, <laughs> set a goal. Number two, a, a painting or hobby goal, right? Number two, paint it, prepare it, whatever you got to do, do it to your standard, right? So if that's just like contrast and you're done, like whatever effort we're done, if it's contrast and dry brush, if it's like every edge highlight you could ever imagine and like 15 layers and, and glazing, like whatever your hobby goal is, you're setting your own standard, do it. You've got one month. At the end of the month, if you don't succeed in your goal, you're going to get shamed. 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 Now, at some point, there might be a reward. And it might be a really cool reward. It's a really cool reward. <laughs> it's a really cool reward. It's going to make me actually do whatever I set my goal to be. No spoilers, but like, it's really cool. And if you're not in the accountability club, you're not going to get this reward. Like, period. That's it. But you will, right? you will get shamed. But you will definitely get shamed if you don't follow um, your goals, right? So like, follow your dreams, guys. Sign up for Accountability Club. And let's get some cool hobby stuff out there. So post pictures in the Discord. Like basically, the idea is uh, post stuff in the Discord. Like every month, there'll be uh, a room in the server. And what you're going to do is you're going to say, uh, this is my goal. And then by the end of the month, you got to post a picture of that goal being done. I'm going to do uh, y'all one better. Perfectly. I'm going to continue endorsing Sam's thing here. Nice. This is going to be a semi-private channel, right? Like to sign up for it for the club? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to yeah. be in Accountability Club in order to okay. see the channel. So Accountability Club, if we actually do that merch and it's what I think it's going to be, I'll do a fucking face reveal when I get oh. my first thing done. In that, oh. old, in that oh. private little Discord tab, I'll post a picture of myself, whatever I did, and the glorious uh, result of your trials and tribulations. Nice. Is there a picture of you at LVO? <laughs> yeah that's probably somewhere on other discords but it's not about that it's about the message thanks dizzard You're welcome. <laughs> all right um speaking of hypervivor uh you got challenge of the week this week what's what do you got for everybody i want some inhumans i was thinking about this all day i've been nice. like my buddy's been building inhumans um it doesn't have to be mono and it doesn't have to be like because like, everyone knows the legacy stuff if you can build an inhumans list that just has game and that's not like just win like if you just think they can actually do what a lot of folks do which is just like actually play out the game uh that's what i'm looking forward to and i think maybe a little bit of a a, a hinty hint i think baron zemo black bolt running around killing people sounds pretty fun hell yeah we need to get some games of us playing our challenge rosters these these ones that we've been like all right i like that one <laughs> we should do that more often <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah somebody somebody fronted that um with these challenge of the weeks that we should like take a like take the list that we like and actually play a play a game with it on the stream i think we've got enough now i think we could actually do it you know like when it was just like like one or two like that's not like super yeah, we could like literally take like that like the fastball special list against the um oh what was it control one, one of the other ones yeah, yeah control defenders um but yeah that's that's pretty cool so we're gonna go ahead and um hit some listener questions while we still nice. have some time on the Zoom call, because I'm not going to do another one. So we'll let's do this real quick. Yeah. Um, so real quick, real quick answers on these ones. Uh, from Red Fury, have grunts changed the dynamics of the game as much as might have anticipated? Have you seen a shift where you are teching for grunt plays? I'll just answer this one real quick for me personally. I don't really think so. I think that they are something to think about, but I don't necessarily think I'm bringing anything specifically to tech against grunts. But they are something that you should be thinking about in your gameplay 
but I don't think your roster construction needs to revolve around grunts by any means. Hmm. Um, I don't think you need them, but you need to be prepared for them. I think that's fair. Um, I also think that in the same way that Voodoo and Enchantress have been the previous kings and queen of uh, of the game, like it's going to happen. Fury's going to be the top picked Splash character in Season 8. Facts. I, I, I treat it I like like I treat it like that uh, adolescent game of uh, Mary F and Kill, where uh, <laughs> I want to kill Fury and I want to f Electra not because of anything other than I literally just like want to ignore her like for the most yeah. part you know or or just uh, delete her and uh, then uh, you know, just basically just whatever Electra's Electra and Shadowlands Daredevil I literally don't want to interact with unless I have to so he he's getting married. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, Matematic. Uh, one change to Cyclops, Wolverine, and Colossus. What do you do? Uh, Colossus is easy. Give him a medium move. That's all he needs. Uh, Wolverine, give him a either invulnerability or a reroll. And Cyclops, make his field leader cost one less. And maybe slightly different leadership. I don't really know what else to do about Cyclops. Make field leader, make, make field, field leader two. I think he'd be great with that. That's probably it. Cyclops is fine. Don't worry about him. Yeah. All, all those all those get a finger bite from me, so I, I endorse those. <laughs> Fair. I think Wolverine with the invulnerability would be pretty nasty. I'd, I'd rather him just have a reroll because I think that's also good on offense, but I assumed he was going to have the thing when he came out yeah. and he didn't. I was like, oh, I still like him because he's Wolverine. I like Wolverine. Yeah, he's fine. He just His biggest issue is consistency and the reroll increases that consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the next one is what innate mutant power would you give all the mutants similar to Inhumans or Asgard um, I think this one's super easy just give them all you know extra power like Asgard in my opinion like yeah it's a copycat but it's like they have this is like part of who they are like is there a superpower I don't I think giving them an extra power to use those superpowers would make the team feel better okay Sam you want to take this one but I, I think I need a moment to collect my thought on that question Sure, I'll take it, but mine's really like straightforward and smooth-brained. Like, uh, this is a one of the like rare moments for me where like I, I really appreciate the devs from AMG, and I'm not trying to be a shill, but uh, like <laughs> mutants are fine. <laughs> well, Sorry. I, I, okay, I will say I completely agree with you. I'm humoring the question. I'm I'm fair, having a fair. lot of fun with you. Oh wow! Oof, oof. Okay, humoring uh, the question. I would love to this? see something synergistic. A little more synergistic than spending power through Cyclops's leadership. I'd like to, like, I was just reading some new mutants the other night, and like, they did like a whole issue on like mutants working together and how their powers combine. I don't know how the hell you pull that off in game mechanics, but that would be super oh, cool <laughs> if there was more. Like, I, you'd have to just bake it in. It would be like like Rogue's Tactics card, right? Where it's like, or she pulls, you know, this power from somebody and does this, like something like that. Like a, a little more in that, where like you literally would have to have had like all the mutants out and you're just like, okay, like when these two mutants are on the table, like they can each spend one power and do this cool thing together if they're within a certain range. So something synergistic that is basically impossible to put yeah. into game design. <laughs> Before X-Men came out, my idea for Storm or like Cyclops' leadership was that like, because the X-Men more so than any other Marvel team are really all about working together. I thought they were going to have some mechanic where like, if there were a certain number of people close to them, like within a certain distance, they would get like extra dice and attack and defense. Yeah. Um, oh, fair. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the way I would, you know, if we give them mutant tagline, uh, it would be in humans plus 
uh, Asgardians because mutants oh. are cool. <laughs> you get both. All right, fair enough. All right, um, JMR Hode, um, classify major archetypes and who is best at each. I think this, we're going to save this one for an actual episode because I think talking about archetypes <laughs> yeah, could be a long discussion. Um, but I just want you to know that we saw your question and we're going to make an episode out of it probably. It's actually very simple. It's tank, mage, DPS. Next question. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, Dojo Jake. <laughs> <laughs> or any uh, RPG ever made. Thank you. The Dojo Jake. What makes you choose a faction for competitive play? And once you decide on what what decisions are you making while picking your roster, what factors into cutting in the finals models and cards? Uh, for me, picking a faction for competitive play, I find something, I like it, and then I throw it away for X-Force. Um, <laughs> that's... <laughs> I mean, in all reality, that's what happens. Like... I took shield and I was running shield. Like I might be taking shield Nova, and then next thing I know, I'm back to building X Force rosters. That was uh, the least literally... committal might I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, might this, be this taking is... it to Nova. I'll see you with Cable at Nova. As as somebody who creeped on a whole bunch of Dizzards practice games going into NashCon last year, he was literally swapping out like three to four characters from his roster between every single test game. It was amazing. And I loved how you just had like an entire diatribe about like why you were going to bring Person X. And then like by the end of that game, you were like, all right, I'm going to bring a Nova now. I think that if I bring a Nova here... Awesome. And that's what happens. I, I'm probably gonna be just ramming X Force games until Nova, and that's what's gonna happen. Like, it's I just like how do I choose a faction for competitive? I just look at X Force and say that's what I'm taking. Like, mm-hmm. I play other stuff, but X Force is what it is. All right, you two go quick. We got two minutes. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, that's an episode, in my opinion. Um, my personal take is I I look at characters that I want to play. I look at characters that I want to play together, and then I see what works with them. And sometimes it's a competitive roster and sometimes it isn't. And I'll just jam games with it until I don't anymore. Like, I, I don't have an answer for you, Jake. Jake's one of my That's guys. Fair. That's an episode, in my opinion. <laughs> we can save that one for, we can save it too. I can give a four real answer when it comes to like building the roster too. Yeah. So. All right. Hyper, what you got? Uh, the past three seasons, it's been what is new and shiny for me. So, like, I played yeah, Brotherhood right. and I played Midnight Suns. And then most recently, I was playing Avengers because I was like, ooh, Steve and Hulk. So, yeah, that's really all I got. New shiny. How many games did you pay Sam last season? Uh, probably like most of them. But I actually, <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, I had, Like I said earlier, I had two ways of playing. I played Sam yeah. if I just like didn't know it was coming, or I played Steve and stole the entire game and made people really right. upset. Fair enough. All right, one last one. Uh, from Red Mist, mentioning the Convocation roster build with Colossus work in the roster, physical protection and a tank spot. Clea helps him get around and bar with no doors, and he can hang around with magic for fun. I think it's worth trying. Like I, I've, I've been having a lot of fun with Colossus lately, and I think a lot of people's opinions on him are completely underrated. Yeah, he's slow, and I wish he had a medium move, but with how he is, he's he's fine. Like he plays yeah. okay. He does what he needs to do. He sits there and he takes damage. Um, I was playing a game against Kirkov from Taco Truck, and he was like, "Like Colossus just soaked eight hits, and he's still on his healthy side." Like, yeah, no bodyguard and that leadership place are super cool. That's a really interesting interaction. Ooh, Put it on the table, cool. man. Yeah, I can't play Colossus because he can't throw, and it makes me sad. <laughs> he could throw a train. Yeah, it makes me sad. Okay, he staggers. All right. He does. <laughs> I love his spinner. His spinner is super good. Three power for wild cool. stagger. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. All right. Let's wrap up. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by to watch or listen to our content, and we truly hope you enjoyed it. 
And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to end it there because we're about to run out of time. We're the rogue Bye. agents and the listener. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We are the rogue agents and you are the listener.